true living God in this place. I want to, my God, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. I want to bring you welcomes again from the Kingdom International Intercession and Word of Empowerment broadcast. I am your founder, Apostle Durantre Zorn. I'm with Divine Order Restoration Ministries International, where we are restoring the order of God. One life, one body, one nation at a time. And it is an honor to be in the presence of the Lord with each and every last one of you. We thank God that our lives would never be the same. Amen. Um, glory to God. In the presence of the Lord. Oh, my God. There, there is liberty. It is something about being in the presence of the Lord that will that change you. That you metamorph uh, into a, a, a greater being. And you, you, you begin to learn line up amen in the wheel and in the word of god um healing break free and deliverance and i'm just saying um your life just never be the same in the name of jesus so we want to thank you so much um for joining us in this 42 day international spiritual growth campaign where my god um we are manifesting 2020 vision amen um in the name of jesus glory to god it brings me such honor and joy on tonight to introduce this mighty powerful anointed woman of god and we just bless god um that god would have her to drop by and speak to us for such a time as this amen um glory to god um she is an apostolic revitalist and kingdom trailblazer clothed with an unique mantle for prophetic travail and apostolic miracles signs and wonders and knighting individuals with the fire of god in releasing healing deliverance breakthrough and a desire for salvation and transformation. She has a mandate as a mother of Zion to birth the nations of sons and daughters to the kingdom and empower them to ascend to the throne of God, embrace their royal lineage, and reign with him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. She is the founder of Apostle Sienna, um, Henry Mir Ministries Incorporation, co-founder of Kingdom Privilege Apostolic Hub, and the senior leader of the Divine War Cry Travailing prayer alliance a global movement designed by god to bring his people back to prayer and worship and birth his will in the earth her apostolic and prophetic mantles are not limited to the four walls of the sanctuary as she is a forerunner in kingdom business finance and marketplace ministry leadership. Apostle Rogers is a kingdom ministry, business, and wealth development consultant 
with a call to elevate the lives of God's people through financial education, wealth creation, coaching, business strategy consulting, and kingdom financer strategies through her company, Child Development Consulting. She gave her life to Christ in 2001. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Muted. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Um, glory be unto the one and only true living God. Amen. Um, she gave her life to Christ in 2001 and answered the call to prophetic ministry in 2012 and to the apostolic ministry in 2015. She takes joy in utilizing the prophetic. Oh, I don't Unmuted. Amen. Glory to God. Um, the prophetic. Thank you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, she takes joy in utilizing the prophetic seer's anointing upon her life to assist others in salvation, healing, deliverance, and alignment. Um, traveling prayer and intimate worship is the core of her ministry as she operates in both an apostolic mothering and midwife anointing she is an intense passion to see people freed empowered and birthed into their divine destinies for the advancement of the kingdom of god additionally she is the author of divine metamorphosis embracing spiritual transformation after abuse let my people go, arresting religious, antichrist, and terrorist spirits, and other forthcoming revelatory empowerment and inspirational pieces. Amen. She is passionate about helping others reach their goals through Christ and has mentored numerous people, helping them heal from their past, develop their gifts, and find and pursue their purpose in addition to serving in ministry and pursuit of her Masters of Business Administration, Apostle Rogers adores and enjoys time with her family as a proud wife, mother, and grandmother at this time dynamic people of god i want to introduce to some and reintroduce to others none other than the amazing anointed appointed powerful woman of god let me back up right quick amen before i bring her forth that is one other important detail Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. She is the wife of none other than the prophet William Rogers. Amen. In the name of Jesus. And we thank God and we bless God. Amen. Um, for their union. Amen. And all that he's doing and will do. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Um, hallelujah. Um, now, amen, I can introduce none other than the powerful, anointed, appointed, mighty woman of God, none other than Apostle Sianna Rogers, in the name of Jesus. Bless you, woman of God. You have the line. Praise the Lord. Well, thank you uh, for the beautiful welcome. I am honored. I'm absolutely honored to be here tonight. I have heard so much about you, Apostle Durashe, and about the Dorn family. Um, I do enjoy my time in the morning, but I usually sit a little quietly listening to you all. But I am honored to be here tonight. I count it a privilege and an honor anytime God would have me go and release a word to his people. And I don't take it lightly. Um, tonight, when I ask God exactly what he has for this specific audience at this time, during this day and this age, God told me it was simple. Tell my people to repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Amen. I will be, you will be journeying with me tonight from Jeremiah, muted, chapter 7, verses 16 through 23. So while you are getting there, I'm just going to share with you a little bit about what was going on at the time. At the time, there was mass wickedness, mass idolatry, mass chaos, and mass craziness. Um, the heart of God was great, um, and God was, had become angry. He had become angry with his people for turning on him the way that they did, for the things that they were doing at the time. Um, so God raised up a young prophet by the name of Jeremiah. So we go to Jeremiah chapter 7, 16. God is telling Jeremiah, Therefore do not pray for these people, nor lift up a cry or a prayer for them, nor make intercession to me, for I will not hear you. Do not, do you not see what they do in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem. The children gather wood, the fathers kindle the fire, and the women need dough to make cakes for the queen of heaven, and they pour out drink offerings to other gods that they may provoke me to anger. Do they provoke me to anger, says the Lord? Do they not provoke themselves to the shame of their own faces? Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold my anger. And my fury will be poured out on this place, on man and on beast, on the trees of the field and on the fruit of the ground, and it will burn and not be quenched. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, add your burnt offerings to your sacrifice and eat meat. For I did not speak to your fathers or command them in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt concerning burnt offerings or sacrifices. But this is what I commanded them, saying, Obey my voice. And I will be your God, and you shall be my people. And walk in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well with you. So we can clearly see that these people have provoked God to anger, um, mainly with their idolatry. Idolatry. Understand this. When God 
God feels the need to raise up a prophet in a region, or when God sends a prophet, an oracle, or a prophetic voice to you, it is to reveal things, it is to expose his heart over a matter, and it is to bring you into alignment with his word and with his will. Prophecy is not solely to announce the coming of cars and houses and spouses and money and all of that good stuff. And if he does speak on those things, he always gives us the, the, the vision that we need to, he always gives us the way that we need to align ourselves to birth that vision, right? But the prophet's job is to pray, to intercede, um, to bring forth deliverance, and to bring forth alignment. And that's the prophet's job, is to release the judgment of God that comes directly from God's mouth through the prophet. We've become so spoiled, we are entitled, <laughs> and we are reckless generation of people. We've become so spoiled and entitled that we take offense to the judgment of God. We say things like, oh, you can't judge me. You know, we hold on to our pet demons by twisting scripture to pass our sin along. We say, oh, judge not that you may not be judged, right? But I come to tell you that God warns us. God warns us, right? He warns us and he judges. He judges. And he has raised up those that he will release his judgments through. He has raised up those that he will release his warnings to. So God releases the warning. He releases the warning before destruction in an effort to direct us into true repentance and alignment back unto him. That alignment is necessary not only for you to birth the overflow of the blessings of God, right? The things that some of those prophets talk about, the houses, the cars, all that stuff. Not only is it necessary for that, but it's necessary for us to have communion with God in the secret place. It's necessary for us to be able to pass the holy of holies, right? While we are still here on earth, right? It's necessary for us to be able to align to him in hopes that it would prevent us from eternal, eternal torment and separation from him. In hopes that it would prevent us from leaving this earth and going to hell. Repentance is needed for all of that, all of that. We are such a wonderful and faithful God that God will raise up people that will begin to call out things that they are seeing that is happening. And instead of us taking offense to everything, we need to sometimes stop and listen because the whole idea, the whole reason for God releasing that warning through whoever he chooses to release it through is to bring us back to a place of repentance and a place of restoration in him. And I know you've heard a whole lot of sermons about repentance. We all know. We've heard it over and over again, right? At least we should. <laughs> At least we should. I hope you're hearing things about repentance when you go to church. But what is true repentance? What is true repentance? Repentance doesn't just say, doesn't just mean me committing a sin and saying, oh, Lord, I'm sorry, and then I go right back to the same field that I was doing before. When you truly repent, 
you're going to feel a conviction for the things that you're doing. And you're going to feel sorry. And the core of your heart, the core of your spirit, the core of your soul is going to cry out to God and let God know that you're sorry. And see, we have an advantage now because we are now empowered by the Holy Ghost, right? So we're empowered by the Holy Ghost. When we cry out to God, those things that so easily we set up, when we bring it to light, cry out to God in true conviction, we are empowered to turn things around through the power of the Holy Ghost. So not only do we ask God for forgiveness, but we turn back away from what we were doing and we turn ourselves back to God. And we align ourselves back to God. And we get ourselves back in the right position to be who God has called us to be. When we assess our lives and our spiritual state, we tend to look at the obvious sin, right? Like I said, I know everybody has heard a whole lot of sermons on repentance. When we think of repentance and we start to assess ourselves, we look at the obvious. We look at, well, I'm not committing adultery. I haven't murdered anybody. I haven't stolen anything. We look at the obvious. But what about the not so obvious? What about the not so obvious? Throughout the book of Jeremiah, throughout chapter 7 and 8, we see God using Jeremiah to deal heavily with sins involving religion, false teachings, and idolatry. Which is an example of what I'm speaking of when I say the not so obvious sins that we must repent of, that we must confess, that we must turn away from, that we must make right with God. God is sending a clarion call throughout the earth by his prophets once again as a warning about such sins, idolatry included, right? He's sending a clarion call throughout the earth for the need for complete repentance and alignment back unto him. Yet so many of us, even those in leadership, we miss it. We miss it with our self-righteous self. Oh, my God. God is saying repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I want to share a story with you. And I, want, I want you to understand how easy it is, even for us in leadership, to miss it. To miss it. On April 6, 2017, at this time, God was using me to pray for people. I was seeing God work miracles, right? God was using me heavily in the prophetic. All right? God was just unveiling to the people the apostolic anointing on my life with power, right? And although I was going through, he had me in a season where I was going through heavily. My daughter was sick. I had to take off work to stay with her. Finances were tight, right? I had just lost my mother a couple of years before. I'm still grieving the death of my mother. But on April 6, 2017, God wakes me up at 5.30 in the morning. And God does to me what he does to me so often. He began speaking to me immediately as I opened my eyes. And said, new car, new home, new marriage, new city, new ministry, new life. Now, like 
anybody else, of course, I got excited. I sat straight up in the bed. I am excited. And I'm like, yes, Lord, right? I grab my notebook. I write down the date. I start writing all of these things down. And God tells me, but for the next, the next 18 months of your life is going to stretch you more than you have ever been stretched before. My response to God was, God, I've been through the battle with my child being sick, my daughter, her seizures, her stroke, her near-death experiences. I've been through the Lord. I've been through my mother's passing. I've been through being raped as a child. I've been through being abused by my first husband, Lord. I can get through almost anything, just don't touch my children. And at that point, God became silent. I heard absolutely nothing. Fast forward to April 23rd, just days later, April 23rd, 10.30 at night, I get a call that my son had been shot. By April 24th, they had declared my child brain dead, and I was signing the paperwork to donate his organs and to take that walk that no parent wants to take down the hall, that last walk with your child when they're going into surgery for the organ donation. I question God. I question God. I asked God why, but I knew, I knew, and although I know that God does not orchestrate murder, and although I know where my child is now, I also knew, I knew the gravity of what I had said. God, anything, but don't touch my children. And it's like the Holy Ghost said, how dare you, how dare you, Tell me what to do. How dare you make an idol out of your children? I share all of that with you to say that sometimes the sin that can cause us the most damaging effects, right, sometimes the sin that is the most powerful is the sin that we don't even realize that we have. Or it's the sin that we justify because of the things that we have been through. Warning did come before destruction because God even used my children to tell me that I was being too protective of them, right? But I thought it was my duty as a mother to be protective of my children to that point because of the things that I had gone through in my childhood and because of the things that I had gone through in my first marriage. Yes, I have still gotten to a point of not even knowing, okay, not even conscious of it. I had gotten to a point where I was now I got idolizing my children and elevating them to the point to where I view them as God's sin. How dare me, right? So the enemy used the things that I had been through, and my reasoning as protection to come in and have me build my children up, right, to have me build my children up to the point to where I could tell God, look, don't touch, right? How many of you have done the same thing? 
How many of you are doing the same thing? How many of us, especially those that are single parents, single mothers, how many of us would fight so hard to protect our children that we start to put our focus, that we start to put our thoughts on our children even more than we put our thoughts on God? I know I'm not the only one. I know I am not the only one. How many of us have done it? How many of us have done it with our spouses? How many of us start going through marital problems? We get on our knees, and yes, we pray. We are supposed to pray. But our whole focus on our knees is on that spouse. Your focus has shifted from worshiping God to not worshiping that spouse, and you're worshiping that problem. How many of us have gone through financial situations where we're constantly worrying, constantly worrying, constantly worrying, constantly praying about the same thing. Your focus has shifted off of God, and you're now worshiping those financial problems. You're idolizing those financial problems. You're idolizing yourself. You're idolizing your children. And oh, let me take it a step further. How many of us have worked so hard in our ministry that we're now idolizing the very ministry that God has entrusted to us, but the whole ministry should have been about him. How many of us have worked so hard in our kingdom businesses that all we can focus on is business? We're idolizing that business when our focus should have been on God himself. How many of us have done it? You see, that is the hidden sin that we don't repent of. We understand we can't go around committing adultery. We understand we can't go around killing people. We understand we can't go around stealing. But how many of us really sit down, assess ourselves, and look at that hidden sin, the stuff that is not so obvious, the stuff that is not so obvious, when we run around with all these false teachings, when we are binding up people with religion, with our religious selves, when we operate in low-key witchcraft talking about people, speaking negatively over people, when we run around here and you see all of this false fire that is going on, when these people are performing at the pulpit and it's become all about them and their ministry, but the Holy Ghost is nowhere around, guess what? You just made an idol out of Satan, and you've taken God out of the place. Well, even those that are in leadership are okay with psychics on the church staff. You've made an idol out of Satan and witchcraft, Jesus. You've made an idol out of it, and you've hurt the heart of God. You've taken God down a few heads to uplift what you believe is going to bring you people and money into your ministry. When we, the church, the church, some in leadership, some not in leadership, but when we think it's okay for us to sit at home and burn sage and play with crystals and start speaking all of this stuff over this stuff to play with candles and everything, guess what? Guess what? You just made an idol out of the work of darkness. You made an idol out of the work of darkness. And even if you don't know and it seems harmless, and well, hey, everybody else is doing it, they're seeing results. Then you have 
God, even those hidden things, Lord. Whether we know them, whether they wouldn't know them consciously or unconsciously, Father, even the hidden things, oh, Holy Ghost, bring it to light on tonight, God. Hallelujah, Jesus, set my captives free on tonight. Set us free, God. We don't want to be in bondage any longer, Lord. We don't want to be in bondage to sin, God. He can the Lord shine, God. Set us free on tonight, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God. Have your way on tonight, Lord God. Hallelujah. 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 Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Meaning the kingdom of heaven is right there. The kingdom of heaven is right in your hands. Many of you can't get to the secret place like you should be because you need to repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you, Father. I thank you for the opportunity to be able to release that word on tonight. I thank you for the opportunity, God, to be here, Lord. And I thank you for all that you're doing with your people, Lord. I thank you that you are bringing us into perfect alignment unto your word and unto your will and into that perfect relationship with you where we will begin to see you as who you are, the Lord of lords and the King of kings, Lord, over every single area of our lives. You are Lord, God. You are Lord alone. Besides you, there is none other God. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word of repentance. All tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Apostle, for the amazing opportunity to be able to share. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Father God, we thank you for this anointed vessel on tonight. We thank you, O Lord God, that as she poured out from